Welcome to Shipwreck Sunday, where we investigate disasters at sea and the impact that they have on the world today. My name is Eleanor. Today, we will be discussing the sinking of the Yamato, the largest battleship of World War II that sank in 1945. Before we dive in, I must inform you. This story does include details of a maritime disaster resulting in the loss of a vessel, wartime violence, Nazism, imperialism, suicide, and death that may be disturbing to some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Please note before I begin that I am not a mariner or expert in the field of maritime history, but I have done my research and will present the information as I understand it and with accurate nautical terminology. In today's episode, I will be including the basics of nautical terminology in the description for anyone who needs it. In today's episode, there will be some terms in the Japanese language in which I am not fluent, but I will do my best to give accurate pronunciations. There's been a lot of requests for World War II battleships, especially from our regulars here on the channel, and I really appreciate the enthusiasm and your patience. Battleships aren't my forte, but I'm really excited to look more into them, especially since World War II really was a great age for battleships. Thank you for all your support, and let's get into it. Let's set the scene a bit before we get in on Yamato. During the 1930s, the Japanese adopted an ultra-nationalist or extreme-nationalist militancy with the intention of greatly expanding the Japanese Empire or Imperial Japan. Japan was imperialistic from the Meiji Restoration in 1868 up until 1947 when the post-World War II constitution was enacted and modern Japan was born. Japan withdrew from the League of Nations in 1934, renouncing all treaty obligations. The League of Nations was the first worldwide intergovernmental organization to maintain world peace preceding the United Nations, and it was founded on January 10, 1920, and ceased operations on April 20, 1946. They withdrew from the Washington Naval Treaty, which focused on limiting the size and power of capital ships, and afterward the Imperial Japanese Navy set their sights on building the Yamato class of heavy battleships, which would be the largest the world had ever seen up to that point. They knew they couldn't keep up with the amount of ships that the United States was able to pump out, so the planned 70-ton vessels of the Yamato class were designed to be capable of engaging multiple enemy ships at once. The first of these ships, which we will be covering today, was Yamato, and her keeled would be laid down on November 4, 1937 at Kure Naval Arsenal in Hiroshima, Japan. She was laid in a dockyard that had to be altered to accommodate the enormous ship with it being deepened by three feet and gantry cranes capable of 350 tons were added. The construction was guarded by extreme secrecy, so much so that a giant canopy was built over the dry dock to keep the ship from being visible. The secrecy was key since they wanted to avoid American intelligence officials from learning about the ships and their specifications. The Yamato, named after the Yamato province, displaced 64,000 long tons normally and 70,527 long tons fully loaded. She was 862 feet and 10 inches long, had a beam of 127 feet and 7 inches wide, and a draft of 36 feet and 1 inch. Her complement was 3,233 men. She was powered by 12 Kampon boilers capable of generating 110,000 kilowatts of power which drove four steam turbines and four propeller shafts. She was capable of reaching speeds of up to 27.4 knots, and she was capable of traveling up to 7,200 nautical miles when traveling at speeds up to 16 knots. 
we're going to get into her armaments. And just as a reminder, I'm no expert in military technology or armaments, so I'm relaying what I've researched. For her main battery, she was equipped with nine 45 caliber 18.1 inch Type 94 guns, which were the largest guns ever fitted to a warship, though the shells weren't as heavy duty as those fired by British 18 inch naval guns that were used in World War I. Each gun was about 69.3 feet long, weighed 162.4 short tons, and had the capability to fire armor piercing or high explosive shells 26 miles away. As for her secondary guns, she had 12 6.1-inch guns mounted in four triple turrets, with the orientation of these turrets being one forward, one aft, and two amidships, one on each side. She also had 5-inch guns in six twin mounts, three on the port and starboard sides amidships. The turrets were removed from the Mogami-class cruisers when these vessels had been converted into main armaments of 8-inch guns instead. As well as all of this, Yamato carried 24 one-inch anti-aircraft guns, located primarily amidships. She would be refitted in 1944 and 1945 for naval engagements in the South Pacific. The second battery configuration was changed again to six 6.1-inch guns and 24 5-inch guns, with the number of one-inch anti-aircraft guns being up to 162. She also had two catapults to launch aircraft and carried seven Nakajima E-8N or Nakajima E-4N planes. As for the armor, there was a 16.1-inch thick water line belt. The deck was 7.9 to 8.9 inches thick, as well as 25.6-inch gun turrets and barbettes. Long story short, she was heavily armed and a formidable enemy. The ship was launched on August 8, 1940, with then-captain, later Vice Admiral, Miyazoto Shutoku in command. She underwent sea trials during either October or November of 1941, sources differ on which it was, and that is when she was found to reach speeds of up to 27.4 knots as we mentioned earlier. War loomed for Japan, and so they ramped up production on military construction. On December 16, 1941, Months ahead of her scheduled commission date and nine days after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, Yamato was commissioned at Kure in a ceremony more strict than normal since they were still trying to conceal the ship's characteristics. The same day, with then-captain, later Vice Admiral, Gihachi Takayanagi in tow, she joined her fellow battleships Mutsu and Nagato in the 1st Battleship Division. She was enormous and brand new, gleaming in the sun as she took to the water fearlessly. Surely she was a force to be reckoned with. She'd become the flagship of Admiral Isoroku's Yamamoto's combined fleet on February 12, 1942. He was a veteran of Japan's crushing victory at the Battle of Tsushima over Russia during the Russo-Japanese War, and he was also a victor of the Pearl Harbor attacks and was planning an enormous engagement with the United States Navy at Midway Island. Yamato first participated in war games, which are military simulations so that crews can be tested and refine their skills without the need of hostile combat. After this, she departed Hiroshima Bay on May 27, 1942 for duty with her main battleship group. U.S. codebreakers were aware of Yamamoto's intentions and the Battle of Midway was disastrous for Japan, with 332 aircraft and four fleet carriers lost. Yamamoto had the con on Yamato's bridge, but his battle plan had dispersed all of his forces from one another in an attempt to lure the Americans into a trap, and the battleship group was too far from everything to take part in it. 
On June 5th, Yamamoto ordered the surviving ships to return to Japan, and this included Yamato. So she turned with the main battleship force to Hashirajima before returning to Kure. She left Kure once more on August 17, 1942 for truck. Though, after 11 days at sea, an American submarine, the USS Flying Fish, sighted her and fired four torpedoes at her, though all four missed. Yamato was able to arrive safely at Truk later that same day. Throughout the Guadalcanal campaign, she stayed in Truk due to a lack of 18.1-inch ammunition for shore bombardment, her high fuel consumption, and the uncharted seas around the Guadalcanal. Sometime before the end of 1942, then-captain, later Rear Admiral, Chiaki Matsuda would be assigned to Master Yamato. She would be replaced as the flagship of the Combined Fleet on February 11, 1943, by her sister Musashi, with Yamato only spending a single day outside of truck between her arrival in August of 1942 and her departure on May 8, 1943. On May 8, 1943, she departed truck for Yokosuka, and from there she went on to Kure, arriving safely on May 14. She'd be in dry dock for nine days after arriving for general repairs and inspection, being dry docked once more in late July after a short trip to Japan's western inland sea in order to be vastly upgraded and refitted, as we mentioned earlier. On August 16, 1943, she left to return to truck, and there she joined a large task force formed in response to American raids on the Makin and Tarawa Atolls. She came out on the defensive with fellow ship Nagato, three carriers, and smaller warships in late September to intercept U.S. Task Force 15, sortieing again in October with 11 cruisers, six battleships, and three carriers. Japanese intelligence reported that the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor was almost completely empty of ships, so the Japanese assumed the Americans would strike at Wake Island. However, there were no radar contacts for six days, and the fleet returned to truck on October 26th. Yamato escorted Transport Operation B-01 from truck to Yokosuka from December 12th to the 17th, and because of the storage capacity and thick armor protection of the vessel, Yamato and her sister ship Musashi were pressed into service as transport ships as well. On Christmas Day of 1943, she was traveling from Yokosuka to truck ferrying much-needed troops and equipment meant to reinforce the garrisons at Kavieng, Papua New Guinea, and the Admiralty Islands when Yamato and her task group were intercepted by the American submarine Skate, roughly 180 miles out at sea. Skate fired four torpedoes at Yamato, the only one struck the starboard side near the stern. A large 82-foot hole was blown 16 feet below the top of her anti-torpedo bolt, and it caused a joint between the upper and lower armored belts to fail, leading to the rear turret's upper magazine to flood. She took on roughly 3,000 tons of water, but miraculously, she was able to limp to truck later that day, and the repair ship Akashi made temporary repairs to Yamato so she could depart for Kure on January 10, 1944. Six days later, on January 16, 1944, Yamato made it to Kure to receive her much-needed repairs, being dry-docked until February 3rd of that year. While dry-docked, steel used for armor plating sloped at 45 degrees was adhered to the hull, and it was proposed to add 5,000 long tons worth of steel modifications for more defenses against torpedoes, but this was rejected because it would add so much weight to her and affect her draft. As we soon will know, it would be a mistake not to reinforce the ship. While she was dry docked, the former captain of the Haruna, Captain Nobue Morishita, was assigned to Yamato. And on February 25, 1944, Musashi and Yamato were both reassigned to the Second Fleet. 
though Yamato wouldn't enter the water quite yet. She was dry docked immediately again on February 25th until March 18th of 1944 to upgrade her radar and anti-aircraft systems. Her 6.1-inch triple turrets were replaced by three pairs of 5-inch anti-aircraft guns in double mounts. Eight triple and 26 single 1-inch anti-aircraft gun mounts were added, which increased the number of them to 24 and 162 respectively. Shelters were added on the upper deck to protect anti-aircraft crews, and the main mast was altered. A Type 13 Air Search and Type 22 Mod 4 Service Search and Gunnery Control radar were added, as well as her radar suite being upgraded to include infrared identification systems, as well as aircraft search and gunnery control radars. She was getting the latest technology available, and it was all incredibly new to everyone at the time. She left the dry dock on March 18th and underwent several trials beginning April 11th, and she passed, being able to finally leave Cure on April 21st. She embarked soldiers and equipment on April 22nd at Okunishima for a mission to Manila, finally reaching the Philippines on April 28th. After this, she moved to Malaya to join the mobile fleet at Linga, led by Vice Admiral Jisapura Ozawa, and this force arrived at Tawi Tawi on May 14th, 1944. This leads us into the Battle of the Philippine Sea. In early June of 1944, Yamato and sister ship Musashi were once again required to transport troops, this time in order to reinforce the naval defenses and garrison of the island of Biak as part of Operation Khan. The mission was canceled, however, due to American carrier attacks on the Mariana Islands. So, the Imperial Japanese Navy reorganized and concentrating the vast majority of its remaining troops to decisively defeat the Americans. However, at that time, the entire Japanese Navy was severely lacking in numbers and experience to the impressive U.S. Pacific Fleet. Between June 19th and 23rd of 1944, Yamato transported troops of Ozawa's mobile fleet during the Battle of the Philippine Sea, which was nicknamed by American pilots as, quote, the Great Marianas Turkey Shoot. The Japanese took on significant losses, losing 426 aircraft and three aircraft carriers, with Yamato's only notable action during the conflict being accidentally opening fire on their own aircraft returning to the ship. After the Battle of the Philippine Sea, Yamato withdrew alongside the rest of the mobile fleet back to the Hashirijima staging area near Kure in order to rearm, refuel, and rest. On June 24th, she left with the fleet alongside Musashi to Kure. There, she was equipped with five more triple one-inch anti-aircraft mounts. They also put in, quote, emergency buoyancy keeping procedures, and I'll translate that for you because it immediately confused me. To do this, they removed almost every flammable item other than ammunition from the battleship, and this included mattresses, bedding, and linoleum. To replace the mattresses and bedding, the men were given planks to sleep on that could be used to repair the ship if need be, and just hearing that makes my back hurt. Any paints that were flammable were coated with a silicone-based paint, as well as additional firefighting apparatuses and portable pumps being added. Yamato left Japan on July 8, 1944, alongside Musashi, Kongo, Nagato, and 11 destroyers and cruisers sailing south. Musashi and Yamato broke off heading for the Linga Islands, and they arrived on July 16th and July 17th. By this time in the war, Japan's tanker fleet had been significantly cut down by marauding American submarines, so the Japanese stationed major fleet units in the East Indies to be near their fuel supply. Yamato Musashi would stay at the Linga Islands for the next three months. 
The ship would take part in one of the largest naval engagements in history to date, the Battle of Late Gulf. She was still near the Linga Islands in October, when between the 22nd and the 25th, Yamato would take part of Admiral Takeo Kurita's Center Force, which was also known as First Striking Force or Force A. Responding to the American invasion of the Philippines, a number of Japanese groups were to converge on the island of Leyte, where American troops were landing as part of Operation Shogo. On the 18th of October, Yamato was painted with black camouflage in preparation for a nighttime transit of the San Bernardino Strait. Interestingly, the main ingredient in this black paint was actually smoke from her funnels. While making her way down to late with the rest of Force A, they were attacked in the Palawan's Passage on October 23rd by the submarines USS Dace and USS Darter. The two sneaky American submarines were successful in sinking two Takeo-class heavy cruisers and damaging a third, which included sinking Kurita's flagship Atago. After Atago sank, Kurita made Yamato his new flagship. The next day on October 24th was the Battle of the Sabuyan Sea, and this resulted in heavy losses for Force A with the loss of another heavy cruiser, which resulted in the loss of a huge part of the fleet's anti-aircraft defense. Over the course of October 24th, American aircraft launched from carriers sortied 259 times with aircraft from USS Essex, no, not the Essex we talked about last year, striking the Yamato with two armor-piercing bombs and one near-miss. Yamato was moderately damaged, taking on roughly 3,320 long tons of water, but she was still in the fight. However, the Americans turned their eye to Musashi, eventually sinking the sister ship of Yamato after hitting her with 19 torpedoes and 17 bombs. One of her final engagements was the battle off Samar, with the Japanese admiral unaware of the fact that the main American battle group under the command of Admiral William Halsey Jr. had left late Gulf the evening of October 24, 1944, thinking that Kurita's Force A had turned away. So, Halsey directed his powerful Task Force 38 to pursue the Japanese Northern Force, which was a decoy group composed of one fleet aircraft carrier, the Zukaku, alongside two ICE-class hybrid battleship carriers, three light carriers, and escorts. The deception was a success, drawing five fleet carriers and five light carriers with over 600 aircraft between them, eight cruisers, over 40 destroyers, and six fast battleships away from Force A. Under the cover of darkness, Carita and Force A pushed into the San Bernardino Strait. As the sun rose over the horizon, lighting the sky with soft pink and purple light, Carita's Force A launched an attack against an American formation that had stayed behind to provide close support for invading troops, and this would become the Battle Off Samar. This small group was known as Taffy 3, and it was comprised of three destroyers, six escort carriers, and four destroyer escorts. In the beginning of this battle, Yamato engaged enemy surface targets for the only time she would in her military career, and she managed to strike several enemy ships. After confirming she hit escort carrier USS Gambier Bay, a spread of torpedoes heading for Yamato was sighted, and she was forced to steer away from the battle in order to avoid the torpedoes, and it made it impossible for her to rejoin the battle afterward. Though they were outmanned and outgunned, the Americans were so ferocious in their attack that Kurita ordered his task force to retreat. Yamato wasn't seriously damaged during the battle. She only took on three near misses from bombs and 17 casualties from strafing. Strafing is a military practice of attacking ground troops from low-flying aircraft using aircraft-mounted automatic weapons. In the retreat, she received light damage from carrier strikes that injured or killed 21 crew. 
one light cruiser and three more heavy cruisers were lost during the battle off Samar. Force A was able to sink one American escort carrier, one destroyer escort, and two destroyers, with a second escort carrier lost by kamikaze attack after surface engagement. For those unaware, kamikaze, officially known as Shinpu Tokebetsu Koge Kitai, were part of the Japanese special attack units of military aviators who flew suicide attacks for the Empire of Japan against Allied naval vessels in the final stages of the Pacific Campaign of World War II. Suicide and death were considered more honorable than surrender or failure, so those who participated did so willingly. After this battle, Yamato and leftovers of Force A returned to Brunei. On November 15, 1944, the 1st Battleship Division was disbanded, and thus Yamato became the flagship of the 2nd Fleet. She was sailing the East China Sea, withdrawing to Kure Naval Base on November 21, 1944, when Yamato and her battle group were again attacked by submarines, this time the USS Sea Lion. The battleship Congo and destroyer Yurikaze were sunk in this attack, and Yamato had to be immediately dry docked for repairs and more anti-aircraft upgrades as soon as she reached Kure. Many of her older anti-aircraft guns were replaced, and on November 25th, she received a new commander, Captain Aruga Kosaku. Dear listeners, we have reached the final mission for Yamato, Operation Ten-Go. On January 1st of 1945, Nagato, Haruna, and Yamato were transferred to the newly reactivated 1st Battleship Division. Yamato left dry dock on January 3rd, leaving for Japan's Inland Sea. However, this reassignment wouldn't last, as the 1st Battleship Division would once again be deactivated on February 10th, with Yamato being moved to the 1st Carrier Division instead. American carrier aircraft from TG-58.1 attacked Kure Harbor on March 19, 1945, hitting 16 warships. Yamato sustained minor damage from a number of near misses and one bomb that hit the bridge of the ship. A squadron of Kawanishi N1K1 Shiden fighters, nicknamed George by the Allies, flown by veteran Japanese fighter instructors, swooped in and kept the raid from further damaging more ships and the base. Yamato slowly but surely navigated to the safety of the Nasami Channel to avoid further damage. There was one final step before the planned invasion of the Japanese mainland, and this final step was to invade Okinawa. Allied forces did so on April 1st, 1945, with the Imperial Japanese Navy responding with a mission of their own, Operation Tango. This mission required the commitment of most of the remaining surface strength Japan had left, and as part of this, Yamato, the cruiser Yahagi, and eight destroyers planned to sail to Okinawa alongside the Okinawa-based army units and kamikaze. They were going to attack the Allies at Okinawa, with Yamato to be beached as an unsinkable gun emplacement. She was going to fight until she was destroyed, an honorable death in her culture. To prepare for Operation Tengo, Yamato was fully stocked with ammo on March 29th. According to the plan, the ships were only supposed to have enough fuel to make it to Okinawa, but this plan changed to 60% of the capacity based upon the authority of the local base commanders. The ships left Tokoyuma at 3.20pm on April 6th as part of the Surface Special Attack Force. Much to the chagrin of the Japanese, the Americans knew of their plan. They had intercepted and decoded the messages, and knew all about Operation Tango. This was confirmed for the Americans when around 8pm the Surface Special Task Force was spotted navigating the Bongo Strait by the American submarines USS Threadfin and USS Hackleback. They reported Yamato's position to the main American carrier strike force, but because of the Japanese ships moving at a quick 22 knots and their zigzagging to avoid attack, neither could engage. 
At this point, the Allies knew the Japanese were coming, and those on Okinawa braced themselves for an attack. Admiral Raymond Sprantz redirected six battleships from shore bombardment in the sector to preparing for action against Yamato. These orders were revoked in favor of strikes from Admiral Mark Mitscher's aircraft carriers instead. But just in case, they kept the battleships together along with 21 destroyers and seven cruisers to intersect the Japanese before they could reach the vulnerable landing craft and troop transport ships. All of the pieces on the chessboard of this intense battle were shifting into place, and it would be soon that the Yamato would take her place in all of this. The crew of the Yamato were in general quarters, also known as battle stations or action stations, which is an announcement made aboard a naval vessel to signal that all hands on deck must go to their battle stations as quickly as possible. By dawn on April 7th, they were ready for anti-aircraft action, with the first Allied aircraft making contact with the SSAF at 8.23 a.m. Two flying boats flew into the scene shortly after, and for five hours after this, Yamato was engaged in a heated combat with Allied seaplanes, firing common Type 3 or Beehive shells at the enemy. However, they were unsuccessful in keeping the Allies from shadowing the force altogether. Yamato saw the first aircraft blipping on her radar around 10 a.m., with the American F-6F Hellcat fighters appearing overhead an hour later to fight off Japanese aircraft. However, there were none there to fight. Two and a half hours later, at 12.30 p.m., 280 torpedo bomber and bomber aircraft swarmed over the Japanese. Like a wounded deer being chased by a pack of wolves, the Asashimo, which had fallen out of formation due to engine trouble, was hunted down and sunk by a detachment of aircraft deployed from USS San Jacinto. The surface special attack force pushed their speed to 24 knots, trying to outrun the Americans. Scrambling with anti-aircraft defensive measures, but destroyers began to circle Yamato anyway. The first aircraft swooped in at 12.37 p.m., racing toward Yamato with a purpose. Yahagi turned tail from the situation as fast as possible, racing out at 35 knots to try to draw away some of the attackers from Yamato, but it drew only a few fighters. The rest were determined to see the Yamato under the waves. For four long, agonizing minutes, Yamato avoided being hit, but two bombs blew two of her triple one-inch anti-aircraft mounts to smithereens at 12.41 p.m., as well as blowing a massive hole in the deck. A third bomb hit the starboard aft five-inch mount and blew up the radar room. At 12.45 p.m., a torpedo struck Yamato on her port side near the bow, which sent shockwaves throughout the vessel. And one minute later, at 12.46 p.m., two more bombs struck the ship's port side. One of the bombs struck just forward of the aft 6.1-inch centerline turret, and one hit it dead on. This killed all but one man manning the gun, and did significant damage to the gun and its magazines. From here on out, know the details are fuzzy. The ship is going down, and we don't have many survivors to give us any details because anyone who didn't go down with the ship was killed by strafing in the fiery, oily water around them, so please keep that in mind as we move forward. Shortly after the centerline turret was disabled, three more torpedoes struck Yamato. Two on the port side, one near the engine room, and one near the boiler room being confirmed. The third is debated whether or not it even hit, but according to researchers, it is plausible since it would explain some of the damage caused to the auxiliary steering room. The attack ceased around 12.47pm, the whole ordeal taking just 17 minutes. The battleship was left sinking, listing roughly 5-6 to six degrees to port. The crew started counter-flooding, which is deliberate flooding on the other side of the ship to counteract listing, and this saved the list one degree. 
One boiler room was disabled entirely, reducing Yamato's top speed and strafing incapacitated many of the gun crews manning Yamato's one-inch anti-aircraft mounts, so it made them ineffective at best. Yamato was afloat for now, but not for long. There would be a second attack at 1 p.m. Dive bombers, working in a coordinated strike, flew high above the ship to begin their run while torpedo bombers approached from all directions at just barely above sea level. Overwhelmed by the amount of targets and all the different directions they were coming from, Yamato was unable to effectively fight off her attackers. Yamato loaded her main guns with beehive shells, fused to explode one second after firing in a desperate attempt to shake her attackers, which would have them exploding roughly 3,300 feet from the ship. However, this did very little. It's debated how many, but either three or four more torpedoes struck the port side of Yamato and one to starboard. Three hits are confirmed on the port side, all grouped closely together, one hitting an already damaged fire room, the second hitting the adjacent fire room, and the third hitting the hole next to an already damaged outboard engine room, which increased flooding in that area. The fourth unconfirmed hit might have struck just aft of the third, which would have caused rapid flooding there. This second attack left Yamato teetering on the edge of death as she listed 15 to 18 degrees to port and continued counter-flooding of all the remaining starboard void spaces, lessening the list to 10 degrees. But this does add a lot more water into the vessel. To lessen the listing more, they would have had to flood the starboard engine and fire rooms, so this was not done. She wasn't sinking just yet, but because of the list, the main battery could not fire their guns and she couldn't move faster than 18 knots. She was practically a sitting duck for the third attack. At 1.40 p.m., the third and worst attack upon Yamato began. At least four bombs hit the ship's superstructure, which caused heavy casualties to the men manning the one-inch guns. There were a lot of near misses, which drove in her outer plating from the pressure from the blasts, and this further compromised her defense against torpedoes. The worst of the attack was four more torpedoes that struck the ship, three on the port side that increased the flooding in the port inner engine room, the steering gear room, and yet another fire room. The auxiliary steering room was well underwater, and so the ship lost all maneuverability, being stuck in a perpetual starboard turn. The fourth torpedo's location is debated, but it most likely struck the starboard outer engine room, which was already being counter-flooded to combat the list, and this torpedo rapidly increased the rate of flooding and doomed many crewmen in that area who were now trapped. Finally, at 2.02pm, the order was given to abandon ship, but it was pretty much too little too late. Yamato was unable to reach speeds faster than 10 knots because of the flooding and the list was rapidly increasing, so out of control that counter-flooding did little to nothing. Fires burned and alarms rang out on the bridge, warning of critical temperatures in the forward main battery magazines, which could cause a devastating explosion. Typically when this happened, the protocol was to flood the magazines to keep them from exploding, but the pumping stations had already been disabled and this was no longer an option. Three minutes later at 2.05pm, the ship Yahagi that had tried to draw fire from Yamato sank due to 12 bombs and 7 torpedoes. Simultaneously, a final formation of torpedo bombers swooped in and hit Yamato on her starboard side. The list was so bad that the torpedoes, which were only 20 feet under the water, struck the bottom of the hull and the mighty ship continued to roll to port. By 2.20 p.m., the power went out completely and the remaining one-inch anti-aircraft guns slipped off the deck and into the ocean. Just three minutes later, at 2.23 p.m., Yamato capsized. Her remaining 18.1-inch gun turrets broke free, and in the roll, the suction created drew the crewmen swimming to escape back toward the doomed vessel like a vortex. 120 degrees into the roll, one of the two bow magazines detonated. 
The resulting catastrophic explosion created an enormous mushroom cloud over 3.7 miles high, and it was seen as far as 99 miles away on Kuyushu. Yamato foundered quickly, losing an estimated 3,055 of the 3,332 crew on board, including Vice Admiral Seichi Ito, who was the fleet commander. The few survivors were scooped up by four destroyers that retreated to Japan. Between 12.37 p.m. when the first attack hit the ship and 2.23 p.m. when the final explosion detonated, Yamato was hit by a total of 11 torpedoes and 6 bombs, with the possibility of being hit by at least 2 more torpedoes and bombs. And this wasn't confirmed. The largest battleship in World War II and the pride of Japan sank to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Because of the fuzzy details and incomplete information regarding the sinkings, it took until 2019 to find and identify most of the wrecks of the Japanese capital ships that were lost in World War II. Based upon U.S. wartime records, an East China Sea expedition in 1982 were marginally successful, but the wrecks found couldn't be identified at that time. A second expedition returning to the site in 1984, along with the team's photographic and video records confirmed by one of Yamato's designers, Shiguru Makino, showed Yamato's final resting place. She lies 180 miles southwest of Kyushu, resting roughly 1,120 feet down in two main pieces. The bow section with two-thirds of the ship and the final third resting in the separate stern section. On July 16, 2015, a group of Liberal Democratic Party lawmakers in Japan started meeting to discuss the possibility of raising the ship to recover the remains of crew members trapped in the wreck. The latest update from this plan is that the group said their plans are to request government funding to research the feasibility, though it is unclear if they are moving forward with it. The wreckage was surveyed with digital technology in May of 2016 which gave researchers a more detailed picture of the ship and confirms the identity of the wreck as Yamato. The nine-minute video is shown at the Yamato Museum in Curay, and it shows many details of the ship, like the massive propeller, the detached main gun turret, and the imperial chrysanthemum on the bow. And this is where the story ends for Yamato. She was an important symbol for Imperial Japan's engineering capabilities, and her name is now seen as a metaphor for the end of the Japanese Empire. Regardless of how you feel about Imperial Japan and their role in World War II, Yamato was an impressive piece of engineering, and the sinking which resulted in the deaths of over 3,000 men is very saddening. Rest in peace to the victims of the sinking. It reminds us that war is ugly and horrifying for everyone involved, regardless of whether they were Axis or allies. I hope this episode keeps the history of this event fresh in everyone's mind, and it furthers the discussion of the Pacific Theater and its importance in World War II. Thank you to everyone encouraging me to look into World War II battleships. I'm excited to look into more. Thank you for tuning into Shipwreck Sunday. If you liked this episode and are listening on YouTube, please give us a like, leave us a comment, and subscribe to our channel. If you liked this episode and are listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast service, please subscribe for more content and leave us a 5-star review, as it does help us reach more listeners like you. If you have any ships you'd like us to cover, please leave us a comment and you might hear your favorite ship here on the podcast. Check out our community tab for updates and to interact with us, and don't forget to check out our second channel, Speed Force Media. Tune in next Sunday for the story of Musashi, Yamato's sister ship who suffered a similar fate. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.